Welcome to Transition, Gadget360's gaming and pop culture podcast. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about Mass Effect Andromeda, Super Mario Run releasing on Android, the discontinuation of PlayStation 3, which is rumored, along with some things about the Nintendo Switch. As always, we have podcast regulars Rishi Alwani. Greetings, Mikhail Madnani. Hello, and I'm your host Pranay Parab. So we are going to be starting with Mass Effect Andromeda, and first up, Mikhail is going to tell us what he thinks about the game. Well, the box art looks pretty generic, and that's it. That's my contribution to Mass Effect Andromeda. As you can see, he's a massive fan of BioWare <laughs> and EA both. Don't hate, man. Well, BioWare to some extent, but not Mass <laughs> Effect. I haven't played anything yet. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, for those of you who don't know, Mass Effect is. Uh, Science fiction role-playing game, yeah, third-person shooter thrown in. Humanity has progressed to the point where it's on stars and and trying to be a part of an intergalactic United Nations kind of thing. At least that was the backdrop of the original Mass Effect trilogy, which was, in my opinion, one of the greatest trilogies in gaming. Uh, it was really cool because also of the element of choice. You could either be a good guy or a bad guy, or somehow meander through the middle. And yes, while some of you may hate the ending of Mass Effect Three, I thought it was quite fitting. Uh, after all, I mean, when you spend hundred plus hours across three games, yeah, you'll be fine with what it, you'll be fine with how it goes at the end of it. But other people think differently, so yeah. So anyway, Mass Effect was one of the better franchises on the Xbox 360, and then later PS3 and PC. And now we're seeing Andromeda, or rather Mass Effect Andromeda, out on the PS4, Xbox One, and PC. And it's essentially a new game set in the same. I don't a universe. Yeah, same universe but yeah. different galaxy. <laughs> yeah, same universe, different galaxy. Yeah, it's an interesting way to reboot the yeah. franchise. I thought because uh, for me, at least Mass Effect, as you said, I'm yeah. a big fan of the series too. I played all three games, even though I played them on different platforms and lost all my saves in the middle. So I had to, you know, miss out on certain better endings. Uh, I mean, without revealing any spoilers. The but only question is, did you choose Caden or or Ashley? Yeah, well, I chose Ashley. A boss. Yeah. So at the end of it all, did you get a happy ending? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> okay then. No, but all all, all that aside. Uh, so yeah, Andromeda seems to be an interesting way to reboot the series because I mean the stakes aren't as high as it got towards the end of Mass Effect Three. Yeah, but you know what? I think they're laying the groundwork right now. True. Yeah. So I mean, uh, you haven't finished the game, have you? Ah, uh, no. Yeah. So even I've played for about like three hours or so, mm. and I have not made much progress as of now because mm. you know, as as with me and Bioware games, it always happens that I get stuck in all the side quests. I try to hundred percent the game, and that leads to incredibly slow progress. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to change that now because you know, ultimately, I have to write a review as well. Mm. Uh, but anyway, the point is that now, uh, from the first one in which like they were first three games in which they were in the Milky Way, uh, from there these guys have sent some i don't know uh, 20000 humans 20000 humans 20000 asari 20000 krogan 20000 salarians yeah salarians basically 20000 of each species you saw in mass effect uh, found their way to the to the andromeda galaxy as a part of the andromeda initiative it took so, them 600 plus years to get there yeah 600 plus years a lot of cryo sleep and when they got there they expected that the the planets that they would that would be there would be you know fresh for colonization but it hasn't been the case and they've woken up to some very nasty surprises and it's pretty interesting because uh, I, I because it also bring it still brings in the very human elements elements of society and politics even when you're pretty much 
when you pretty much should ignore all of that because you know uh, you have 20000 people in cryo who you have to wake up and you can't because you haven't found a planet yet so it's really cool from that dynamic uh, and yes the game has gotten a bit of flack for animations and i can understand why yeah i can totally understand why but uh, but then i mean in terms of what what gets to me though is that I'm more interested to see how the quest structure pans out because Mass Effect One, Two, and Three had some really outstanding quests, especially your choices at the end of them, and I mean, uh, and Anans had some really cool locales too. I mean, like, uh, like the, like uh, one of the planets which was. Anyway, so point is, yeah, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, yeah, so you had Club Darkstar, which is one really cool uh, location in in uh, Mass Effect Two. You had the Terminus systems, which are really cool as well. So I mean, it'll be interesting to see how they. bring back those cool elements around it the citadel was an epic epic essentially home where i'm concerned in the mass effect universe well they have something else which is not there yet in terms of what it could be but yeah and then there are some good throwbacks to the earlier games i mean liberal sprinkling of the of the letter n and the number 7 uh references to liara tisoni one of the main characters of the mass original trilogy and uh, yeah i mean one or two throwbacks to commander shepard who was basically who you played as yeah so the first hour hour and a half of the game are literally one of the slowest parts of the entire mass effect uh, series till now i felt uh, the way they started was uh, i mean uh, when they reached andromeda galaxy and when they found all these planets and whatever they encounter some problems so that was very good but after that what happens is like incredibly slow so that's one of my problems with the game secondly uh, some of the dialogue in the first 3 hours or whatever i've played so far is extremely cringeworthy like it's it's uh, down to cliche level uh, dialogue that they have uh, they give you like three or four choices and thankfully they've uh, removed that paragon renegade system oh yes that's yeah. a big plus point in my opinion because if you see how choice has evolved in video games over the years it's gone much beyond that right now we've seen the we've seen witcher 2 and witcher 3 take it to another level in itself we've seen games like metro last light and metro 2033 where even though they're first person shooters if you blink and miss or if you just don't interact with the with certain elements in the game world in a certain way you get the worst ending possible so it's really cool to see that other games have taken choice to another level and it's about time mass effect evolved so yeah i mean uh, to me that's a big plus point yeah that is actually a very good thing but you know some of the dialogue that happens after you choose many of these choices is just uh, really really bad and that's something that you know i think uh, over the course of the game hopefully it will improve that and yeah i mean facial animations of characters it sometimes looks like it's just a bunch of talking heads yeah know. so what's interesting is that uh, o- o- over the past week we've seen a lot of uh, hit pieces of people trying to figure out who did this who was responsible for this uh, a former bioware employee was wrongly targeted as well and i mean i do get that yes it is a problem and but then at the end of the day it shouldn't justify uh, personal abuse and yeah that's that's just wrong i mean and, and more so when that. this is a studio that that's extremely extremely cool about user feedback i mean i'm yet to see a studio probably bungie being the other exception that actually takes user feedback to heart and actually incorporates it in their expansions and next games so uh it'll be interesting to see how bioware try to fix this if at all because the other narrative that's going on right now is the game was under extreme pressure there's several changes in management at bioware montreal and uh, it suffered the game suffered because of all this now whether that's true or not god only i mean time will only tell to be honest with you but as it stands uh it's things are interesting because you're looking at a game that 
usually sits around the high 80s on metacritic and high 80s on open critic is now sitting at 75 high 90s actually there we go high 90s but then uh, if we you need to take into account that last gen reviews used to give much higher scores to like a lot of triple a games because we haven't really seen many triple a games go above 90 this gen exactly besides maybe a few exclusives and the odd witcher 3 here and there yeah that's that is extremely true and more importantly uh, what we're also forgetting is that the first mass effect was actually an xbox exclusive yeah and uh, and then the second game came to both platforms came to all platforms uh, around the same time i think ps3 got a little later and the third game came to everything on the same and day and then the first game was released on ps3 only when the trilogy was released exactly so uh, it would be so the point is yes games have been subject to a higher standard now but then it can you can't be blamed in a post witcher 3 world it's it if that's a benchmark for an open world rpg with choice systems should be i mean like even forget witcher 3 even if you reduce the scale to some extent you have horizon zero dawn and you have this and horizon zero dawn also got some flack for the animations and voice acting for a few scenes but like this is some next level stuff yeah and it's also a thing where consumers also want value for money right it's not just a question of it being a good score and that's it you want more from it so it that that could also explain but then a big it's a huge dip that's almost like 15 20 points on meta and open critic which is a big deal so uh i don't know how that's going to affect the studio i mean usually in the past we when stuff like this happens games don't sell well and we've seen layoffs so who knows what will happen this time around it's still too early to but tell but the release date is very suspect given the financials are ending in a few days now i guess oh well to a couple of insiders uh have told me that the game was probably going to be postponed again yeah. because they got some lovely lovely pre-order money and the uh, the decision was taken last minute to just go ahead and release it in the state it's in i don't know how true this is but i i wouldn't put it past ea to do that but back to the game itself uh what's interesting is the quest structure where you're essentially creating colonies now that's a very emergent style of gameplay a very systemic style of gameplay which we haven't seen in bioware games prior I mean we haven't seen this in Dragon Age we haven't seen this uh, in Inquisition to a large degree as well the fact that the game is giving you so much freedom or tries to give you so much freedom to do to go about your tasks is an interesting way forward because that's not something BioWare is known for they're known for good story okay systems but uh, a really good story and some really great you know sequences and set pieces to go with it so uh yeah i mean it just seems to be a very interesting take on a franchise that's been known for different strengths altogether i'd be more than willing to give it a chance simply because i think that there's too much pressure right now of expectations i mean how do you top mass effect like other series may have like uh, there there'll be better rpg series out there but then you know like if if you've already made mass effect 1 2 and 3 then topping that is a really difficult task and the fact that they've they've had to reboot it and take it to another galaxy altogether um, maybe some of the things you know uh, uh, in during development in probably go according to plan so let's just hope that the next game i mean has a much better beginning and eventually when the game is complete i'll you know share all my thoughts on i'm it. pretty sure there's going to be another game because even mirror's edge got a sequel but so mirror's edge It technically isn't a sequel more than an actual reboot. Okay. Which is a really weird way to go about it. So at the start everyone thought it was a sequel, but then it was actually a reboot. Then they said no, it's a reimagining, a reimagining/reboot. So it's a very weird situation. And again with Mirror's Edge it's a different story. You you have a very successful studio in Dice. That Oh yeah, but the the fact is the game didn't sell as much as it should have even when it released initially and Mirror's Edge catalyst sold even worse. 
yeah that's going so to happen I, this is i don't think this is going to be a situation like uh, what idos is going through with dsx because yeah i think this will do i mean a lot this better. is the ea will not give up on this so soon they are not square enix yeah speaking of ea that is one of the reasons i'm worried about the mass effect series uh, i mean we all know what's happened to need for speed now every time a new game comes out i just try to hide and run away from the game as as much as possible because some of the original titles in that series were just killer and some of the newer titles um, yeah okay, let's let's not even like talk about no, that what's really amusing though is uh, especially in india there's still a lot of people who are massive fans so even the games which didn't do too well or didn't do well at all like need for speed undercover which had a, this weird lucy lu tie in where she was one of the characters in the game and they tried doing going with this whole fast and furious meets film noir kind of plot what was interesting with that game was that even though it was, a, it was a technical mess it ran really poorly on everything prone to crashes and was quite a pain to play uh we there were still people on message boards forums and comments hating on reviewers who gave it a low score so uh i think with ea it's more to do with how they interact how their franchises are able to resonate with fans or or you know what substitutes as fans in this case so i i th- i think they'll be okay all things considered because even with the new need for speed they didn't give up on it even though the res- the initial response was rubbish i mean the game itself at launch was rubbish uh w- they fixed up everything quite well in time for the pc release and they and they were consi- there there were still updates after that i mean I, i still hate the fact that it was always online but there were still updates after that they showed some uh they they showed a good temperament in actually bringing it out and fixing everything i mean uh the, there was a complete night and day difference playing the game at launch on the ps4 versus uh playing it six playing three months later fully patched up and i don't know with them yeah it's, it's possibly a thing where their window of success isn't the first week of sales but maybe the first three months after things are patched up i don't know i mean given the fact that there are a lot of micro transactions in this and multiplayer is definitely a bigger focus this time than it was before it's definitely more of a games as a service type situation for ea where they need to get people to continuously pay for this i agree i agree completely but then what what worries me though is that that's not what the franchise is known for whoever's looking to buy mass effect wants it for story i know what like look for... what happened to battlefront people have people were used to their campaigns and their huge space battles and battlefront came out last year or two years ago now i yeah, guess yeah two years ago with no campaign very limited launch but it still sold more than all the other games that's because again when you have crazy good marketing behind it yeah and you have the star wars ma- budget obviously you can still get away with it right but this isn't star wars this is mass effect that people are buying mass effect for single player they're buying it for story and what's worrying me more than anything else isn't the i mean while i am personally more worried about quest structure than anything else in this installment the fact that we've seen nearly every uh, critic rail on the writing is where i'm a little disturbed because if there's one thing bioware gets right it's yeah. the writing i mean the, the sky is blue and fifa you'll get every year and bioware has good writing those are three things you're sure of yeah but then some of the problems with this game are not really something you can fix in updates either are they like that really irritating scanner tool uh, to investigate crimes and all and to record data on alien species that seems a little bit too cumbersome to me and secondly when you're landing on planets you you have to use that damn scanner again and find yeah, the exact landing yeah. spot and go there I it's think, irritating yeah it's tedium i yeah. i find in fact the 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 scanner which you used at at local scenes of 
uh, and submissions is still okay. I can deal with that. But the planet scanning has been a pain point and it's always been a pain point. And as someone who did way too much of it in Mass Effect 2 for, you know, achievements and trophies and stuff, yeah, um, I found this to be a step backward. There are unnecessary animations. It unnecessarily overzooms and underzooms a location you're supposed to go. I mean, it's just to show that, hey, man, we have pretty, we have cool 3D modeling. That's it. And I'm like, no, this is just yeah. wrong. Speaking of which, I mean, speaking of the original series, I really need to check online whether there's any other uh, thing that I should really remember to get a good ending in this particular game. Uh, because I remember in one of the Mass Effect games, you had to upgrade your ship to the maximum. Yes. Otherwise, you would get a, like, you'd lose your crewmates or something. Yes. Like that. So that was essentially with Mass Effect 2, where you had to ensure that the Norman Normandy was uh, upgraded in all aspects the hull, uh, the hull, the cannons. Oh, yeah. Everything. Before you go ahead, yeah. I just would like to give our listeners one small tip for this game. Um, in 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 when you start playing Mass Effect Andromeda, there'll be one time where you'll be asked to go and search Alec Ryder's room. Do that, you will get a model of the Normandy over there. That's, yes. That's a very important collectible. Yes. So, um, the point is, so yeah, in Mass Effect 2, yes, you need to upgrade your ship for what the game was hyping up to be the suicide mission. It was quite, it was an interesting element because if you think about it in a, at a very macro level, Mass Effect 2 was essentially intergalactic HR simulator where you had to go from planet to planet, find these people and headhunt them and make sure they join your crew. And you have to make sure they're still okay at the end of it. So I found that really cool. But uh, yeah, and Mass Effect 3 raised the stakes where, you know, you have to make sure you had to essentially play multiplayer or if not play multiplayer, finish enough side quests so that you have enough resources to withstand the Reaper assault at the end of the game. And those were interesting in the way that the fact that you never had such risky design, design decisions in gaming before. I mean, you, you had the odd, you know, choice making a different, choices making a difference or not. But then this is a point where it felt like you're grinding towards getting something right. And I thought it was really cool. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if we see something similar in Andromeda. Yeah, it should be. I mean, I should check online before I, before I play more of the game. So I think we should move to other games for this episode. Yes. Uh, starting with the most important one, that's Super Mario Run, another massive uh, franchise behind a mobile game now. Yeah. Um, so it's coming to Android, I believe. Yes, March 23 is when Nintendo has said it can be downloaded. Uh, it comes with a new update, which I think is version 2.0.0. Uh, that means you get... Now, Nintendo has been a little sketchy exactly on what this this update entails. But according to patch notes, which people have seen, uh, it it means that you'll be able to play as new characters and you'll be able to progress to World 1-4 one, uh, one if you uh, beat a few Bowser challenges, which is an interesting thing because especially more so on the Android universe where people are a little more picky about paying. They aren't interested in spending straight up. So the fact that they get one more world with this feature that comes to all platforms is a, is a smart thing in my in my opinion. It gives people a greater chance to experience it for free before taking a decision to buy it or not. It'll still be always online, right? Oh, yes. yeah. 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 So not buying, sorry. Not buying, I, I can't believe people are still excited for it now. Like after playing it, getting bored, refunding it, getting a billion other games. Like we already spoke about the indie showcase on iOS last week. I mean, why would you play a mediocre platformer just because it has Mario in it? I uh, just... Have you heard of this thing called Pokemon Go? No, at least that has a good hook to it. 
like at least that has people addicted here you have the same small set of levels i just don't get the thing any i mean i played rayman legends yesterday again on vita and i'm like why would i touch this garbage anymore brand mario name yeah. and besides it's it's just it's just marketing for the eventual mario odyssey oh yeah definitely getting that but don't need to waste time on this but yeah it's coming on android but uh, i wonder how it's going to do compared to fire emblem heroes obviously it's going to have a more front loaded i mean it's going to make more front loaded money for them but uh, i don't see it having the sustained user base as uh, fire emblem heroes at all no it won't because at the end of the day unless they change the business model and make it completely free to play yeah uh they won't get that that critical install base yeah but let's also not forget that in places like india now the price has also gone up for the game it used to be 620 rupees now it's 800 yeah yeah so i mean i i don't think it's i mean at the end of the day it's <clears throat> the problem is is not a question of uh premium games uh it's a question of people not willing to pay the mentality is not there anymore so how are you going to break through is beyond me and while while things like i mean fine it's nintendo they could probably be the exception to the rule and hope they are but then even if you look at the top paid apps on on app on on the play store i mean you still have stuff like grand theft auto and need for speed uh, most wanted yeah and those games are are seriously i mean they're seriously old and people are going to go back to legacy so will mario also join that it remains to be seen but uh i think it's a step forward because it's about time nintendo stopped treating certain user bases like second class citizens uh hint if anyone from nintendo is listening get your stuff over to india for the love of god yeah so i was one of the people who railed against their whole decision to not bring fire emblem heroes to india but then now that i think about it i think it actually makes sense simply because in fire emblem heroes there are no ads so it's not like you can buy all those dueling swords or swords or whatever uh, by watching ads and I, we know several people some of them are in our office yeah. who will not pay for any game no matter how good it is how much they love it they'll say that you rather show me an ad and let me wait for it and i'll watch this you know stupid annoying video ad which i have nothing to do with than actually pay some money and get the item i want So I don't think they the Fire Emblem Heroes game I don't think it would be as successful as it is uh, abroad in India. I don't know the other the, the counterpoint to that would be it doesn't cost them to make it live on an app store yeah. especially I mean, when you already have the user base that you have. I think Mike was the one who mentioned last time that server costs are there and That's they have to That's definitely a thing but I mean yeah. uh they'll earn something for sure. So that will offset the small server costs that are there. Now one Fire Emblem is not such a big name in India anyway so you're not going to have so many people going for it and you'll definitely have the hardcore trying. Like I know people who've sideloaded it on iOS and have spent money on it hmm. already. So yeah. but Yeah but I don't think they think that the base is large enough for them to justify you know bringing it to this country. They probably don't and also I'm pretty sure they are aware of the whole emulation scene on Android hmm. which allows some people to play a lot of their other games unofficially. So I bet that has some something to do with it. Yeah, yeah but, but with I mean with respect to Super Mario Run I will definitely agree with Mike on one fact that the hook is much better on Fire Emblem. Like even now I have to stop myself from opening the app and playing the game because I know I'd be playing it all yeah, day. Yeah, because Mario Run has almost nothing who, who wants to replay the same levels just to beat some friends and get some stupid points and yeah. link to your My Nintendo account so you'll get the amazing reward of 1% off on a title which Nintendo will never discount. I mean they're known for these garbage discounts and rewards so I don't see the point. Yeah, but speaking of games which are repetitive, I mean there's a reason why FIFA and Call of Duty sell so well, right? <laughs> Well, at least there's a new game every year, right? We don't know if there's going to be a Super Mario Run 2 or whatever. Super Mario Don't Run, Super Mario Stop. 
I mean, what if they release Super Mario 2018 and just change the color of the jersey he wears? There we It'll go. It'll be best-selling title in India. Dude. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they, you know, knowing what mobile games are like, they'll probably just rename the game from Super Mario Run to Super Mario 2018, <laughs> <laughs> so that you know all their original user base is still there. Oh, oh, are we talking about Nintendo or Game Loft? <laughs> dude, even Real Cricket did the same thing, so it's okay. <laughs> It's it's the way forward for mobile gaming. Yeah. So let's look back for a minute instead of uh, looking ahead. Uh, one of our favorite consoles of all time at least uh, mine and Rishi's uh, the PlayStation 3 uh, is finally being put to rest we here. So uh, yeah. what's the deal so, on that? Uh, so uh, so Sony of Japan uh, mentioned on the official PlayStation site that shipments of the 500 GB PS3 are going to stop soon. Now uh that's interesting because in India the 500 GB PS3 has not been available officially for over a year and a half. Yeah. I remember looking for it at least 8 or 9 months ago and it was not there. And uh so the only SKU you can get here is a 12 gig version. Yes for some of you pedants in the crowd there is a 12 GB PS3 which you can easily make a 500 GB PS3. Yes by switching out the hard drive. Yeah. So uh from what I know shipments have also slowed down on that. uh retailers have been asking for stock uh just to keep at the store there's no real demand per se but just to have at the store so that in case there's anyone who wants it they can pick it up uh they've been uh, shot down by sony several times to the point where uh sony usually gives stores an order sheet every month the console has not featured in the order sheet for the last 3 months or 4 months so it's perhaps we're going to see an announcement end of the month or during uh, uh sony's next earnings call and i think it's probably going to be end of the line which is a which is i think fair because uh where sony's come from they've managed to stick to their 10 year life cycle for a console that actually released in 2006 2007 for india march 2007 for india actually uh and 2006 for the rest of the world so i think it's fair and uh i think it's about time but i mean that was one crazy good console i mean just the sheer number of exclusives alone i mean worth its weight in gold I mean and which and since it's going to be end of life soon that means I better pick one up just to keep in box just in case. I mean in addition to the exclusives it's also the only I mean it has the best back catalog also with PS1 games and PS2 games on PS3 which cannot be played on PS4 or PS Now. So you have PS1, you have PS2 on PS3 through classics. you have ps3 also so yeah it's a shitload of games and the best part is i mean a lot of these games are still readily available because there was a very interesting period of uh, play where uh, sony would get games locally manufactured here on the ps3 uh, they had uh, they they tied up with their local oh, yeah that's that's one of the reasons why i didn't end up playing last of us because i don't want to buy a game made over here printed here so <laughs> why because having bought blu-rays and cd's manufactured in india i know the garbage quality to expect <laughs> he's not exactly wrong because during the ps2 era there was local replication as well and uh, the number of calls people used to make on faulty discs especially with games like burnout paradise oh sorry burnout uh, 3 a uh, burnout 2 uh, god of war 1 god of war 2 was was quite high people had issues uh, the manufacturing process wasn't as good as it could be and fine from 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 sony standpoint it made sense because it meant you could price a game as low as 499 on the ps2 and obviously a refund is a question is giving the person a new disc and it'd be okay but uh when on with blu-ray replication the price was almost the same there's no change in price and um at the end of the day yeah i mean if you have an option of importing that's what some people like mike ended up doing but 
it was really cool because that console still to this day has some of the best games. A lot of them are ridiculously cheap. You can check out our, our video feature and story about that which Pranay did a while ago on the best, on the cheapest games to get and the best cheapest yeah, games to get. Yeah, not to forget a podcast episode which is on our other yep, podcast. That Orbital. too on Orbital. Yeah, we'll link to this in the show notes. So, so point is, it's still a pretty good console and I think, I mean, where I'm coming, uh, as someone who's, you know, been, who essentially bought it for MGS4 and Final Fantasy 13, I mean, fine, MGS4 was god tier i love that game and final fantasy 13 was i mean well it's better than final fantasy 15 for sure uh no i <laughs> i prefer final fantasy 15 or 13 let's not get into that debate but we could I'm, do a whole episode on that yeah we don't get into that but my point is i mean yeah considering i got it just for two games i ended up getting so much more out of it that yeah it it's it literally did everything so yeah yeah, I've got the console even now and now that you guys have mentioned this, I think I should pick up a few copies of games that are not available on the PS4 as remasters. Yeah, like so. Mass Effect Trilogy. You should. Is uh, there no. an Xbox One? Yeah, Xbox One. The quote-unquote gadget of the year at some point. Now, now, that was 2015. <laughs> the, right now, we have... Uh, opinions change. <laughs> yeah. So, what are some of the PS3 games that are not available on the PS4 or on any other platform? Well, is Heavy Rain uh, one Heavy of Heavy Rain is... A, no, yeah. Heavy Rain's available. Yeah. Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls were ported, I yeah. wouldn't say remade or remastered, technically just running a little better. Yeah. So, they, there's a collection available for 2750 with both games on two discs. One of the rare PS4 releases that has two discs together. Yeah, exactly. But the games which didn't make it are the Resistance franchise, which has been really, really cool. Killzone, uh, Killzone 2 and uh, Killzone 1, 2 and 3. Uh, one, one got remastered for the PS3. 2 was a PS3 native release. 3 was a PS3 native release. Those three didn't make it. And they're also really good shooters. If you like, if you like that genre, they're epic. The multiplayer of Killzone 2 and 3 t- till this day still holds up, in my opinion. Better than Shadowfall. Um... That aside, uh, Hev- Heavenly Sword, which was one of the first PS3 uh, exclusives done by Ninja Theory, the guys who made The Last Devil May Cry. So that was also pretty good. And then there were a few others like uh, Gran Turismo 6, but then Gran Turismo 6 is going to come to the PS, is going to come as Gran, is going to be, I mean, there's going to be a new Gran Turismo game on the PS4, Gran Turismo Sport, or GT Sport, as some people like to call it. Uh, and even the games like uh, Yakuza 5, which is basically exclusive to the PS3, unless, you know, uh, Sony and Sega decide to rework the entire game from ground up, so it had a ton of ton of really really cool games, and I I don't think a lot of them will make the transition because, I mean, at the end of the day, Sony's choice to go with cell architecture, which they want to put in everything from toasters to TVs to, I don't know, smartphones maybe at that time, wasn't exactly scalable to the extent it should be. So, yeah, yeah. podcast just went full meta. We're talking about transition now. <laughs> Okay, so speaking of transitions, let's move to Nintendo Switch. Uh, what's all of this news about about the Switch right now? I mean, I heard that they are doubling or tripling production or something. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, so according to a lot of retailers, it's selling much better than the Wii, which is to me good news because uh, a strong Nintendo is always good for the industry. I mean, except that one time where they where they managed to convince Microsoft and Sony that motion gaming was the f- future. We don't get into that. But uh, yeah, it's been doing quite well. Production's, uh, production run has been doubled, which is great for everyone involved. Uh, but at the same time, uh, it so also how seems... How much of this is due to Zelda? 
that's the interesting thing i think a lot of it is due to zelda at this point yeah because this is a series that has not got a new game in a while and yes. also there are a bunch of these fans who will buy a console just for zelda so exactly. i guess their choice of launch title was quite astute yeah i mean you had to they had to launch with something big and honestly uh the only console of theirs that didn't have a big launch title in recent memory was the gamecube which had luigi's mansion and uh, uh star wars uh rogue squadron it didn't have a fr- it wasn't front loaded with a core ip per se it was luigi's mansion man which is like a side story at best so uh i think it is a smart move and yeah zelda is driving it and i think the next game that will drive it is mario kart 8 deluxe which is out uh, next month april 28 so i think it's a smart move and uh, more than that what's interesting is at the same time we've seen uh, developers talk about the amount of ram that's been allocated uh, an indie developer i think speaking to nintendo today claimed that uh, there's a, there's a 2 gb of ram just for the os and 3 gb which is for uh, games so you're looking at a system which is i think 5 or 6 gigs of ram and it it puts it on par just just a bit under what the xbox one can do which to me is promising enough it's good enough i mean sure you have the pixel counters in the crowd who want 4k or 1080p 60 but then considering how strong uh, the art direction has been on most indie titles and on nintendo's own titles it isn't going to be too much of a problem in my opinion i mean most of the people who complain about resolution and all are on digital foundry comment sections they don't actually buy games exactly so. so i so i think it's 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 a it's a decent enough system and we can see a consistent supply of games but what's worrying though is uh, there was a survey from uh, <clears throat> the game developers conference where only 3% of developers are developing for switch and which could mean that we could see a situation like the Wii U where third party support dries up i don't know like the surveys are mostly pointless in the in reality because i remember ps vr was very low in one of the surveys they did last year or the year before that and ps vr is now the best selling vr headset and it has almost the most it has the biggest number of exclusives yeah for vr content so True. uh and also the fact that nintendo has shown that they are very open to indies this time and in fact one of their big launch titles is the binding of isaac afterbirth plus which is getting a retail release also thanks to nintendo it's a big deal and it shows that their focus is not just japan and the small thing anymore so i think i think they'll get a lot of indie support i have a feeling it might take the place of the vita for the indie support because uh, i mean a lot of games can't run on vita anymore because of it's like what Five years, five yeah, year old now, yeah. and it has six year old mobile hardware. Yeah. So you're gonna see a lot of games skip it, like Stardew Valley. Even though the developer wants to put it on Vita, I don't see it happening. But he's confirmed a Switch release. Yeah, and at the same time, you have other stuff like Ukulele, which is a new game, a platformer in the style of Banjo Kazooie, which was the, which was one of the more colorful platformers of of the N64 era. That's coming to the Switch. and that's the, that's something that's that's a PS4, Xbox One and PC release as well. So it's not like they're exact they're particularly lacking in terms of hardware. It's a, it's it's just a question of install base and that's getting coming together quite fine if you if the initial sales reports are we believe. But I mean that aside it's it still is a problem to get one even in India. And uh, and it's it's worth noting that uh you're going to be paying at least uh well if you're lucky 35,000. Yeah. expect to pay around what you'd pay for a ps4 pro to be honest yeah. for it right now and, and and games aren't cheap either you're looking at four, i mean zelda is going for around 4500 and but even digital i mean digital yeah. is going to be 60 dollars so if you're used to paying digital prices on console is going to be around the same exactly mm. but then you have a lot of 60 dollar games abroad being sold for 2 triple 9 over here 
Yeah. So don't Stuff expect like those that. regional pricing discounts. Yeah, there is no because there pricing. is no India for yeah. Nintendo. So. And and to be honest, we'll only know how well online actually works in India during the Splatoon test fire. And so there are still a few unknowns right now, at least whether buying one in India is concerned. And but yeah, them doing Zelda as a launch title and it reviewing so well abroad is definitely carrying the console right yeah, now. For now, yeah. And I think next month it'll be Mario and I think it'll be okay. But uh, what's also interesting is that the guts are essentially uh, a, a, a Tegra X1. And the fact that they're able to do what they're doing with the hardware is just goes to show there's more to it than spec. It's also skill. Yeah. So fun times. Fun yeah, times and also around. I don't think that GDC survey is anything to be worried about, particularly because Nintendo has enough good titles launching every month. I mean, based on what we discussed earlier. No, but we uh, definitely need indie titles on this thing because uh, the AAA third-party support is not going to happen from the looks of it. I mean, I'd like to see Call of Duty on the Switch. All right. I mean, two Call of Duties released on the Wii U, I think. Or was there, the Ghost was definitely there. Ghost and uh, Black Ops 2. Yeah, so you had two Call of Duty games on the Wii U. Was that Black Ops 3? I'm not sure. No, it wasn't 3. I'd like to see Call of Duty on the Wii U. I'd like to see Doom on the Wii U. On the Wii U? Yeah. You mean Switch? (laughs) Switch. My bad, Switch. <laughs> like Wii U. Still one of the greatest consoles of all time, all right? All yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, it's the only one that has Bayonetta 2, so. Yeah, so fun like, fact. Why Bayonetta 2? is the only one that has Xenoblade X and the only one that has Tokyo Mirage. Those two as well. You can keep your Bayonetta 2 reskinned garbage with yourself. Have you even played it? I've played Bayonetta 1. Bayonetta <laughs> 2 is what? There we see, go. We'll wait for PS4 port. <laughs> Who's gonna do that? <laughs> Who's waiting for no, PS4 dude, port? No, Nier Automata. Don't need Bayonetta 2. The real sequel. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so fun I, fact is that right after we finish recording this podcast, Mike is gonna go and buy his Nintendo Switch. No, so I'm not. Is, Why uh, would I buy a Nintendo Switch? There's only Zelda right now. Yeah, exactly. And Zelda's really bad, Rishi told me, so. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> but Mike is the kind of guy who will buy a console just because there's some game that he really likes. Has I mean, I got, a, I got a Vita, to, I, got, I borrowed Rishi's PS3 to play Sound Shapes, which was this indie platformer from Sony, so. Which had music from Deadmau5. Yeah. Okay, cool then. Most interesting segment of the podcast, which Mike will begin by talking about what he's been playing in the previous week. If he says Overwatch, he can't get buy a Switch today. Yep. <laughs> Uh, mostly near Automata still. Uh, a lot of uh, Zero Escape, uh, which is this adventure puzzle escape room franchise. So it's, it, the games have been remastered for Vita, PS4 and uh, PC from uh, DS and 3DS and Vita. So the Vita actually got a remaster of a game which was already on the Vita. So it, it's basically like... Uh, Saw to some extent, if you play this, if you watch the Saw movies. So I've been playing that on Vita. Uh, pl- still playing Nier Automata. It's very long, but still very good. And uh, playing a bit of Binding of Isaac. Not as much as I should have, but uh, basically that. Oh, and I'm, uh, I reinstalled Catherine on Xbox One via backward compatibility. So time to replay the masterpiece. Oh yeah, so for those of you who don't know, Catherine is a game where... Uh, you play as this guy called Vincent, who's a mid-30s slacker who has to, uh, who's pro- who's getting pressured by his girlfriend to get married, and his dreams have him being uh, chased by gigantic uh, monster babies, and uh, he has to go up a, a set of uh, cubes, climb up a set of cubes, and in his dreams he's wearing, uh, he has goat horns and is wearing his underwear and has to climb up a set of cubes. It plays like a uh, proper puzzle game, and it's one of the most underrated titles of last gen. So yeah, for those of you who want your dose of weird, obscure awesomeness, please check it out. Yeah, I mean, a superb soundtrack. 
Oh yeah, best soundtrack ever. Yeah, and in general, if you want your dose of weird awesomeness, just contact Mike because he's the guy who plays all these killer games all the time, and he's also the kind of guy who will not play a game just because it is free to play. He, yeah, yeah, he he does not play free to play games. No, at I all. do, but like usually when I see contains in app purchases, I'm not probably gonna download it anytime soon. Yeah, but then try before you buy, bro. Oh, you else? mean try b- before you buy? <laughs> Yeah well so speaking of tribes i have still been playing the battle of politopia which is a free to play game on ios and android really good game you should check it out anyway jokes aside um i found another free to play game which okay. is also good for this week i've been playing it quite a lot it's called really bad chess so it's there on ios for sure i'm not sure if it's there on android i forgot to check mm-hmm. uh, so in this game it bends the rules of chess completely so if you know how to play chess just forget about everything else uh, just you know start playing this game and then you'll realize that all the pieces are in the wrong positions and there are like four queens five knights and two bishops in one game so <laughs> really bad chess is uh, where everything you know about chess just throw it out of the window and start playing it and what happens is as you go through the games uh, there's a ranked mode in which the ai's difficulty keeps increasing so as you go through that uh, what happens is instead of making changing the rules of the game or making the ai more skilled what happens is you get weaker pieces every time so when you start you will probably get seven or eight pawns uh, and maybe fewer of the other powerful pieces or sometimes you'll get maybe six or seven knights and if you don't know how to play with knights properly then you'll get really badly i mean badgered by the ai so pretty good game overall and turns out that mike actually has this game yeah i do yeah i have really bad chess and i have another game called moveless chess which was recommended i think i saw it on touch arcade and i picked up both of them but yeah this is the first time i've actually launched it so yeah well yeah free to play game right mike won't launch it so yeah, yeah. there is one uh, there are some ads in the game so the in app purchase lets you remove those ads but other than that nothing to bother anybody so that's a pretty good game otherwise i've been playing the last of us remastered on the ps4 so that is one game that i've been meaning to talk about for a while but haven't had a chance to until now so this is uh, naughty dogs game right so yeah. what i noticed was the narration in this game is just like too good the way they tell the story and also all the side characters in the game are more interesting than the lead character joel himself so what happens is when eli and joel are walking somewhere and uh, joel is busy like i don't know looking for some scrap or some crap like that then eli will start trying to learn how to whistle or she'll say something like um, i don't know uh, over there there's something interesting so that that's first of all that's a cue and secondly it also shows that eli has a bit of personality and this happens with many characters in the game i've noticed so okay. all the companion characters are not just random npcs to be there as props but they actually add to the story which nice. is something that i have not seen in many games so far so they basically ripped off seinfeld because you know seinfeld's colorless lifeless and zero personality and you have kramer george and elaine who actually make it a fun show yeah but it actually is something that's very hard to do and these guys have managed to pull it off you know pranay i guess you really are the last of seinfeld <laughs> oh the last person to play this because for a change i have played the game before everyone else and it's a shooter and i haven't played mass effect yet yeah so for the longest time i didn't have a ps4 now i do have a ps4 and i'm checking out these games one by one and it also reminds me i need to pick up all these uh, games that i have missed out on i mean i haven't played uncharted i haven't played heavy rain those are all garbage compared to what released after jan 2017 till date on ps4 Yeah, I mean you have Gravity of, Rush to Yakuza Zero. Like, forget Uncharted. I, I Come on. Kind of have to agree with that to some degree. 
especially when it comes to yakuza 0 on gravity rush 2 and rishi what have you been playing so uh, i've been playing sh- uh, shovel <laughs> i was going to say shovelware uh, sh- <laughs> shovel I knight i think the, the pc podcast was last week man <laughs> <laughs> I, i've been playing shovel knight uh, treasure trove particularly the specter of tomat its expansion which on is so good switch, which right? is so yeah. so good it's like it's a lot easier for one and the the sense of movement the animation is so good it's uh, It's quickly becoming one of my favorite games uh, on the Switch. So yeah, I've been playing that. Uh been it's it's the same 2D uh 8-bit retro aesthetic styled uh, Toughest Nails uh action adventure game. It's a lot of fun. So I've been playing a lot of that. Uh been playing Disgaea 5. Like I've essentially been no lifeing Disgaea 5 as well. Uh crazy story, crazy cast, almost infinite customization. It's like if you're unhappy with a weapon you get, or an item you get in the game you can go inside that the world of that item beat all the bosses that reside within that item and level up the item yeah you can bend the entire game to your will yeah that's like some matrix level thing dude you can even like if if you're unhappy with the way the game gives you experience points or weapon masteries you can modify those attributes as well So it's crazy, crazy good. I'm having way more fun than I should be having. So on be, what platform are Switch. you playing? Switch, yeah. So we've been playing those two like mad and uh, Andromeda. Yeah, I, I played like the first five hours or so. Um, hope probably let's see. We'll probably pick it up when it's available. Oh yeah, speaking of that, you know what happened yeah. once? Uh, I think those cat are the yeah. aliens. Yeah. yeah. So I was uh, shooting some of them. So I shot one of the cat. Yeah. I got some kind of a headshot. Its head just disappeared, and that thing was just standing there right in the middle of a hill. Like it didn't, its body didn't fall, its body didn't like move anywhere. It just froze right there as soon as I shot it. So I don't know what happened over there. Yeah, that 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 does happen. There have been some really weird bugs, and I noticed something similar even when I was playing, where essentially my squad would find themselves uh, meshed with rock and grass and all sorts of planetary environments of, uh, randomly. And yeah, the game is a bit janky, but I'm giving it. I have hope. I want to believe. Yeah. who doesn't so yeah i think that's all we have for this episode of transition and we will see you with another episode next week as always don't forget to rate us on itunes and follow us on facebook twitter youtube and instagram at gadgets360 the music for this podcast comes from magnus solai polson whose soundtrack for the game vvvvvv is called pppppp that's where all the tracks we've used are from <laughs>